0: Hello and welcome back to the Bucks Banter Podcast. I am your host, Colin Hallboom. It is my favorite time of the year, and as it stands, we are only 47 hours away from the start of the 2021 NFL Draft. If you're listening to this as a podcast, then you obviously have us up on Spotify. I'm uh, hoping to get us going on Apple Podcasts very soon. Tonight, we are going to unveil my mock draft. First round only. And uh, I've brought along a special guest to uh, help me help pick some holes in my mock draft. And we're just going to talk about it. So I would like to introduce the first guest in the history of the Bucks Banter podcast. My good friend, who always brings a very knowledgeable and engaging perspective when talking football. Bo Dan Yard, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for coming on, Bo. What's going on, man? Thanks for having
1: me, man. I'm really happy to be here. Uh, I guess I can introduce myself. My name's uh, Bo Dan Yard. Uh, Colin will call me Bo throughout this podcast, I'm sure. Uh, we met uh, playing uh, basketball at a summer camp. Uh, and we've been friends ever since. Ended up going to the same high school, uh, different universities. But since that time, we've been talking about either football or basketball basically every single day. Um, and uh, I've been recruited to the Bucks to be a fan of the Bucks quite a while. I uh, haven't given in yet, but uh, last year it came close just from literally every single week we would just bet on Devin White to surpass his tackles uh, no matter what Vegas put it at. So, um, yeah, I'm back. Uh, I'm happy to be here and uh, looking forward to what we're going to get into next with the uh, picks here.
0: Yeah, those Devin White tackles, that was a fun ride, wasn't it? It's a very fun and profitable ride. its uh, I,
1: I would definitely... Uh, I would recommend that to anyone who's looking to get into sports betting.
0: Uh, just blindly put your money on Devin White. Yeah, no doubt. Well, we'll see We'll see what Vegas does come next season, but we'll be covering that hopefully with, with you involved, Bodan, on uh, some weekly best bets, our, our player props. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, let's get right into it, shall we? We've got 32 picks to cover. Again, first round only. Um, so, I mean – not surprised to anyone. The Jags are on the clock at one. Uh, they're going to select Trevor, Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. No debate about this one. Um, I don't really have much to offer aside from how elite of a prospect he is. They say he's, I think pretty much everyone, is it's its more or less unanimous that he's the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. So it's a uh, easy pick for Urban Meyer to uh, bring in Trevor Lawrence. Yeah,
1: I, I gotta agree, obviously agree with you there. Um, when you talk about Urban Meyer being there, this being his first his first uh, big act uh, that's been pretty much made for him uh, in taking the job, probably why he took the job. Uh, yeah, Trevor Lawrence. Hopefully, we're going to see some great high level football out of uh, those guys in Jacksonville and Duval uh, this this season.
0: No doubt. Uh, second on the clock is the jets. I have them taking Zach Wilson along with everybody else in the world. Um, quarterback out of BYU, some serious arm talent on this kid. A lot of people have thrown around the, the name Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I would have to say that's premature. Um, the only guy who I ever thought had the arm talent that I've seen since Aaron Rodgers coming out was, was Pat Mahomes. Uh, but he can certainly sling it. And, um, All indications are that he's going to be the guy for the Jets since they've moved on from Sam Darnold. So uh, it seems like a reasonable pick. I think Zach Wilson's really good from what I've seen. But, of course, playing at BYU, the competition is always a question. Um, But we shall see.
1: Yeah, I obviously agree with you here, too. This is uh, the part of the draft when you tune in at 8 o'clock, you're kind of like, okay, I know this is going to happen. The Jets obviously kind of – Perennially at the bottom of that AFC East. Um, But they've got holes uh, throughout their roster. So after quarterback, they got to address that, obviously. And Zach Wilson's a great pick there um, from everything that we've seen and everything that we've heard from the analysts. And uh, I think they could look at the O-line and the cornerback as well, too.
0: Third pick. This is where things start to get real fun. Uh, Obviously, the Niners uh, moved up to the third spot. Gave up a lot of draft capital, two future firsts, including three including this year as well. It's a swap, I guess. So I write. I think it's two two future first round picks and like a third or something like that. Don't have in front of me. Um, so the question is, are they going Mac Jones? Are they going Trey Lance? I mean, if it's me, I'm taking Justin Fields and that's an easy decision. Um, but I, I've written about that at Bucks Banter. I have a big article on Justin Fields and why I think he's being overlooked, particularly as a passer. It's almost like he's getting grouped into, I don't know, being more of a runner. I, I just feel like people are overlooking how well he executed as a passing quarterback. Throwing the fact he runs a four four forty, great instincts, tough as nails. Anyway, sorry, this is <laughs> we're not on Justin Fields, but I'm passionate about his game. Uh, So I'm buying into the speculation that Shanahan is going to go with Mac Jones. I feel like that's his guy. Sounds like it could be Trey Lance. We'll see. Uh, But, you know, the purpose of of my mock draft is not to pick who I would pick. It's it's what I am predicting. And I'm predicting that the Niners take Mac Jones despite uh, public outcry from Niner Nation. Fans are really getting after John Lynch and um, Shanahan before they've even made a pick. Yeah, I'm with you
1: on that, honestly. Uh when you look at the draft, uh San Francisco, especially if you look at their roster, they are obviously, I guess, a quarterback away, which a lot of a lot of teams can say. But the unique thing about San Francisco is that they don't really have any other holes. Um Richard Sherman's leaving in this offseason. Maybe you grab a corner uh if you can later on in the draft. Obviously they didn't trade up to three to pick up a corner. Um maybe they get some help on the interior offensive line, but Honestly, um, this pick is what's going to define them for the next few years. So hopefully Shanahan's right about Mac Jones uh, for the Niners fans. But yeah, uh, I'm with you. If it was up to me, I'd, I'd take Justin Fields here. Um, we talked about him as a runner, but one of more accurate quarterbacks in college football last year and, and the year before that as well, too. So um, when you shake it out, I guess I would say I would hope that they would take Justin Fields. I would be surprised if they take Trey Lance, and I'm expecting them to take Mac Jones.
0: Yeah, and Vegas has Mac Jones as a heavy favorite. It's just such a peculiar move because, you know, if you're if you're going to move up that high to three, I mean, do you need to do it for Mac Jones? Like, you you expect it to be just like a special, 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 not to to uh, downgrade the talent that Mac Jones has. But you know, I don't know, guys like Trey Lance incredible potential Justin Fields as well. So I just, I don't know, just a little surprising. Uh, Fourth, fourth up the Falcons. Again, these are all such interesting picks. Three, four, five, Niners, Falcons, Bengals. Falcons are on the clock. Do they go quarterback? Do they consider um, handpicking Matt Ryan's replacement now with a couple elite quarterback prospects on the board? I think they do not. I think Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida is just, too special of a player to pass up on. Uh, I, I can't see any scenario where he isn't just an elite NFL performer immediately. Uh, there's been talk of Julio Jones being chopped around regardless of whether he's there or not. Kyle Pitts is going to be a major force for many years to come. I just can't help but seeing, speaking of another guy who who we love to bet the over on receptions and yards, uh, Travis Kelsey, I, I just see him having that kind of impact in the nfl and i don't think they can pass on them here
1: yeah i'm with you on that um i honestly when i look at this draft i think is where it starts is at four um what they decide to do whether they decide to trade it back uh or not is a huge indication atlanta really sounds like a mess and i think as a as a fan of a team in the nfc south you can't be anything but happy about that but yeah like when i look at their team and like their needs across the board like okay, they need a quarterback. They could use a receiver for sure too. Um, They really need some help on their offensive line, in particular tackle. Um, What do you think about a Penny Sewell going here? What if they shock everybody and end up just taking
0: the best tackle
1: that's on the board?
0: I feel like then they'd be working real hard to trade back, even if it's like a pick or two, uh, if they were considering Sewell. I definitely don't think they're looking receiver- the thing about the Falcons that makes Bucks fans such as myself smile is knowing they're in cap hell, like they're in a terrible position financially. So that's why they're trying to get off Julio's deal. He's got, uh, he's got like three more years around 20 million, I believe like 24 this year and then 19 the next two. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And and when I jump, if I jump
1: in here, uh, when I say receiver, I mean, uh, a a tight end, a pass catcher, a, a Kyle Pitts, um, gotcha. Who you're gonna use at tight end. He's gonna end up in the slot. You might even put him out wide in the red zone as well, too. Um that guy's gonna be all over the field for you in, in the ideal circumstance. They could also use some help on their defensive line, um, especially an extra edge rusher. They can use a defensive back, use their secondary is a mess too. Like their that cap is a mess in their roster is even worse so it's it's kind of crazy to th- think what they're going to do there because if i was in charge of that team i'm trading back trying to get some more capital in this draft and picking up some of these great uh cornerbacks that we're probably going to touch on a little bit later as well too maybe c- taking a project at the defensive edge as well
0: yeah i like that take a lot um yeah acquiring draft capital when you got a ton of holes it's crazy to think too matt ryan's so old you know you get fooled you, you see Julio Jones Calvin Ridley and you think potent offense but you're right that that entire roster is uh, not where they'd like it to be
1: it's right? so rough it's so yeah.
0: rough and and and
1: the problem with that is like, I'm looking at this draft and I feel like both of us, when we're talking about this draft initially, we're like, okay, let's just, pound, we would pound the table for Kyle Pitts. Like we want that, like you want that type of guy on your. You're talking about Travis Kelsey when you're talking about a, a, a Kyle Pitts as well too. And it's just like, you want that type of guy. And the smart thing to do is to pass up on that guy. So really tough spot for the Falcons fans.
0: For sure. And number five, this is a super intriguing pick as well. And and uh, also, I, I should have mentioned, uh, we've tweeted out this mock draft from the Bucks Banter Twitter account at Bucks Banter. So if you are listening to this, once it's uploaded, feel free to uh, pull up the podcast on your phone or wherever you're, wh- whatever you're using. And uh, so you can kind of follow along or at least get a sense for for how this all looks, because uh, we, we both got it up right now. Um, but at five Cincinnati. I have them the big question is do they do they protect do they protect Joe Burrow? Right? He, he obviously went down with a torn ACL, I think, last year, MCL, ACL, I don't know. Um, he's their prize possession and they gotta keep him safe. They gotta keep him upright. And you have a really great tackle on the board, two great tackles um in that first tier, Panay Sewell and Rashawn Slater. Um I've gone back and forth on it, and in the last few days, I've really just uh, begun to think that Burrow's just going to be you, – you mentioned pounding the table. I think he's going to be pounding the table as hard as anyone can for, for Jamar Chase. He knows how special Chase is. Uh, that magical run the LSU Tigers had to win the national title in 2019 was something to behold. Um, and I just think – I briefly touched on this in the previous pod, but, you know, I love Justin Jefferson. I know you love Justin Jefferson. Yeah. And oh, he, yeah. Was, he was second fiddle to Jamar Chase. Um, in that 2019 season, even though Chase was younger, he was that good. I don't have his numbers in front of me, but just absurd yardage, like uh, 20 touchdowns, I think, on the year. I, I think he is a really special receiving receiver, and I think he's going to have a hell of a career. So uh, not only do I think that the Bengals will make Jamar Chase their pick at five, I think it's the right decision. Yeah, I, I... – you can't look at the Jamar Chase footage and not
1: think that as well, too. Um, like, that kid is going to be special. I feel like we're going to be texting about Jamar Chase alerts and being like, okay, we need to watch Cincinnati. If, if Joe Burrow can bring any type of that uh, that relationship bleeds over into Cincinnati, he's just – it's a field day. And, and I think you want to keep that guy happy if you're Cincinnati. Um, at the same time, the happiest he's going to be is if he's on both of his feet. So – I, I would lean Pene Sewell. I've been watching a ton of Pene Sewell uh tape as well, too. And it sucks having to pass a guy like Jamar Chase, but you gotta protect that guy, especially after coming off a injury that he's coming off of. You just it's it, it's tough to pass on Penny Sewell there.
0: Fair take. And you know, I'm I'm sitting here touting Jamar Chase's 2019 season. Uh Penny Sewell gave up zero sacks on four hundred and seventy-two pass blocking snaps in 2019 so yeah there you yeah go. he
1: and he jumps off like if you just type it into youtube if you haven't seen this guy play uh unbelievable like yeah. you just it just jumps off of the like you don't even need like they have those little indicators that say okay this is where the guy is. you don't need that like that guy is just pancaking people and he's a <laughs> he's a nasty offensive lineman
0: for sure yeah we should come up with a name for that because that's so true when you don't actually need uh the highlighted indicator, no. as you said on the player it's just so yeah
1: so but the funny thing is is that like on sundays you're gonna see that come up on him because he's gonna be hitting people and he's gonna he's, he's just gonna he's gonna change offensive plays like he's just gonna add so much time to that to the backfield of where wherever he's at so yeah
0: yeah he's mean out there too He's mean. Yeah. He, he likes playing football. That guy. He he likes getting
1: to the second level too. So that's what I like out of offensive linemen too. Definitely.
0: Oh, I could. Yeah. I love talking old linemen, especially yeah. after last, last year's draft. I've never studied as much offensive lineman tape as I did for the 2020 draft. Uh, the okay. only thing,
1: the only tape you really watched though was Tristan Worth uh, jumping out of that pool. You just had that on a loop
0: for a few days. I know that for a fact. after the after the pick, I definitely was spread, <laughs> spreading that around only because I thought that's the only uh, that's the only O lineman footage any of my friends would care to care to watch. Yeah,
1: that was pretty wild.
0: Yeah. Um, all right, at six, another super interesting pick where I I do not know what they're thinking. Um, I settled on having Jalen Waddell being the pick to the Dolphins here at six. Their first of two first-round picks. Um, amazing wide receiver out of Alabama. Um, super talented, super fast, yada, 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 dynamic player. Um, and this would be back-to-back picks, interestingly enough, where uh, a college quarterback and wide receiver duo would be reunited We just mentioned Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. And here you would have Jalen Waddle reunited with Tua Loa.
1: Yeah, and it's really cool. When I was looking at your mock, uh, you sent it over to me a little bit earlier. Um, I was wondering if I'm Tua and I'm in that room, who am I? Am I saying Jalen Waddle or am I saying Devonta Smith? because they have a chemistry as well, too. And you've got the embarrassment of versions of playing at Bama is that you have these two blue-chip wide receivers that you get to pick from in the sixth spot. And uh, also be remiss to say, like, how smart the Dolphins have played this, uh, moving from 3 to 12, from 12 back to 6. Um, and they're going to still get their guy that they probably would have taken at 3 anyways. So um it's very interesting i think that they've done a great job of team building obviously they don't have a ton of they have some needs um when i look at it uh i don't know about for you but i was looking at basically just o-line and wide receiver were the two big ones that jumped off the board for me so um, yeah i I don't know what do you think of
0: that i think edge rusher and running back are two positions they would like to address as well you're definitely right though um it's just crazy to me that like right here, I have two receivers coming off the board before Devonte Freeman after, or sorry, I always say Mont- yeah, Mont- yeah, Mont- yeah. fucking Freeman too many years following the NFC South. Um, But what Devonte Smith did last season was just absolutely incredible. And he's the third, I have him the third wide receiver taken. And um I am in the majority most likely with that of mock drafters. So it's crazy. It is. It's wild. And like, when we're just looking at your draft, sorry to jump to cut you off
1: there, but uh, you have the three quarterbacks going and then you have a little run on pass catchers with Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell going in a row, which is just, I, I, I wonder, like, I don't know if the draft has ever started like that, right? Like to have yeah. six guys going all from the offensive line and all from the offensive side of the, uh, of the ball and they're all either skill they're all skill players basically so um yeah it's 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 wild to think about that
0: yeah it's why it's great to get another set of eyes on a mock draft because you can kind of point out these trends or things that jump out at you that maybe i hadn't even noticed um it's a pitch and catch league baby that's why i guess Um, it is yeah also the dolphins i mean they're passing over panay sewell if if i'm the dolphins and sewell's on the board i take him
1: i kind of yeah like that I w- like I think I'm would be surprised. I won't be surprised if he goes past the Falcons. I kind of hope the Falcons just take him. Um especially <laughs> no if they no keep way. if they keep Matt Ryan and they and they're gonna keep Julio. But like if they're gonna trade both those guys, then I I almost wonder why don't they why don't they just take a quarterback instead of Kyle Pitts? Um but sorry to go backwards there. But yeah, like if the Dolphins are there and and Penny Sewell's on the board, like just take him. Like he's He's probably the best player, and there's a a pretty good depth of wide receivers out there, and they have another pick not too long from here. Uh, I think they've got six and 18.
0: Yeah, 18 is a nice pick, and there's definitely some really good receivers on the board there. So, again, if it were me, and it sounds like obviously if it were you, um, we're both going Panay Sewell there. Yeah. Let's move along to the seventh pick, which is the Detroit Lions. However – However, I have decided to have my first ever uh, mock trade occur here. Uh, it's never happened in 20 plus years. The Patriots have moved up in the first yeah. round, but I haven't. I have them doing it here. I have the Patriots. I don't know. I didn't make up what they traded, but let's just say they've swapped first round picks in this scenario. Patriots yeah. trading up to seven to select Justin Fields. I think, I mean, I already was talking about it. He is my favorite quarterback in this draft personally. And I just think Belichick's smart enough to seize that opportunity. And I think he knows what he could create with Justin Fields, not to mention if he feels like it just gives him some options and some similarities between him and Cam Newton, who's back on a one-year deal. Uh, Great, great guy to learn under whether or not Fields will come in and start right away. I don't know. Maybe they sit him for a few games and see how things go. Uh, But the offense could be tailored to both of those players very similarly um, because Fields is so adaptable with his skill set. Um, so, yeah, I have the Patriots swapping with the Lions to take Justin Fields at seven.
1: Yeah, I and, like, you've got that, and I think from everything we've heard from Bill Belichick, which we haven't heard much ever okay. before, um it sounds like he's looking at, he's going to be active in making a trade and moving up. If he sees a quarterback that's slipping too far. Um, And we think especially seven for Justin Fields, I think if anybody told you that at the start of the college football season last year, you'd have been like, wait, that guy that we think is going to go first, that could go first, could outplay Trevor Lawrence is going to go seventh now. Yeah. He's going to at least go second. Um, And now he's going to go seventh to the, to the Pats and the Pats just traded up to get him. You'd probably say of course, like of course the Pats were able to figure out a way to get the best quarterback or the second best quarterback in a draft. Um but yeah, when you look at the New England Patriots and their needs across the board, obviously it's it's quarterback. Um I think they could use another wide receiver maybe. Um and maybe some help on the defensive side of the ball, but they're going to they're going to have a, I think they're going to have a good defense. They've got a lot of guys coming back. They've bolstered that team in free agency as well too. So um. Yeah, I, I love this pick. I love the trade. I love the aggression from New England here to go come up and get com, come up and get a quarterback. And uh, to just touch on the Detroit Lions, who would be moving back in this scenario to fifteen. Um, uh, I think that's the right pick. That's the right move for them too. Um, they've got so many holes. Um, they've they've just gotten uh Jared Goff into their uh. Into their program as well too. Who uh, Rams fans will obviously say they've been frustrated by, um, but yeah, I, I love this pick. I love this trade. Um, I I hope something like this happens.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I have a good friend who's a diehard Lions fan, and he's going to be pissed when he sees my mock. I know that because <laughs> uh, he he wants he wants one of those receivers. He'd probably love Devonta Smith or something. But uh, I agree with you. I think I think they have to accumulate assets um, and yeah. this could be the perfect opportunity. And and just the one argument I would make to anyone before we move on, um, who's saying there's no way Belichick moves up. He hasn't done it in the first round ever, especially for a quarterback. Uh, well, he's never spent that kind of money in the offseason either. I think he's, he's very motivated after what happened last season to the Patriots. Um, So that's just a little tidbit. Yeah. Uh, so at eight, the Carolina Panthers, Panthers, no one seems to have a real pulse for what the Panthers are gonna do. This is one of the more unpredictable spots. I think it's an easy decision, as we've said with a couple of the teams prior. I think at eight with Panay Sewell on the board, you gotta go with him. Um, they have they have a lot of people are talking quarterback for them. I mean, you just traded for Sam Darnold. I know you didn't give up too much, but it's a second round pick. You got Teddy Teddy football back there. Uh yeah. I think I think they're gonna give Darnold a chance and um i think even if darnold doesn't work out you've acquired a franchise left tackle potential all pro being on your team for the next 15 years so uh and i'm sure christian McCaffrey would be appreciative as well they already have receivers um darnold can throw the ball i I wouldn't give up on darnold yet either if i just traded for him yeah
1: yeah I'm, i'm with you on that um penny sewell being on the board here should be a shock to everyone um panthers should just be literally running to the phone to put that in um but yeah like when you look at their roster i think they need some help on their offensive line obviously penny sewell helps with that they could grab uh, a db as well too but it's a little bit too early to do that but yeah maybe they trade back um for some reason but if penny sewell's there like you have to take him. trading back it's not the move just take the best player available he's He's gonna be that's a position you don't have to think about again. As long as he stays healthy, you're not gonna to have to think about uh, left tackle for the next, let's say eight years. Yeah,
0: for sure. Um, okay, now the Broncos at nine. Um, so similar to the Panthers, everyone has, and this is actually one I switched shortly before finalizing this mock draft. I initially had Trey Lance being being selected by the Broncos. As do a lot of people, uh, he's the uh, he's he's the fifth quarterback on the board of that top tier quarterbacks, um, and I just think that Vic Fangio is such a fiend for defensive players that he can't resist Mika Parsons, a linebacker out of Penn State. Um, traditionally, I would be skeptical of drafting a linebacker when there's this kind of talent remaining on the board and other more uh, impactful positions but after after seeing what happened how devin white in tampa just completely helped to transform that defense uh, i do see the value in a strong fast instinctive natural linebacker and i just think fangio would feel the same way and i'm also not convinced uh, that the broncos have given up on drew lock just yet super similar to the sam darnold situation i have a feeling they might they might give him one more kick at the can
1: yeah no uh it's a it's an interesting pick for sure um when you talk about the denver roster especially with their fans i think that they probably it's kind of like surprising to say that they're a quarterback away and drew lock has not been able to be that quarterback for them yet um but yeah if if they, for some reason, don't want to take a quarterback, um, Mika Parsons, like some of the longest arms you're going to see on film, he is a, a freak and unbelievably fast and just loves hitting people. So, yeah, he's a he's a great pick there. Um, bolster that defense, play to your strength, and uh, make it a little bit easier for uh, that offense to – Get a few more chances to put p- points up on the board against the opponent, so it's not a bad pick. I, I, I would take Trey Lance here if if I was up to it, and I had that um that evaluation on him and thought that he could be that quarterback of the future. Um, everybody's talking about the intelligence of uh, of a Trey Lance and how he's just wowing people at the board. So I could also see John Elway kind of overriding uh, uh, a Vic Pangio here and just saying, you know, we got to take this kid. But, yeah, Mika Parsons, he he's a first-round, like, obvious top-ten talent to me. And
0: I would love to see him go nine here to the Broncos. Um, Elway's gone. He left. Is he gone? He yeah, it's like oh, George no way. Patton. George Patton. So I had forgotten that as well. He well, just kind of I quietly faded away. I, I think he may still be involved, though, in some kind of role, but he's no longer – like he might even be the president or something, but he's no longer like the GM. He hired this guy to make, uh, make these decisions. So that's crazy. Yeah. Elway's coming back. Elway's coming back. He's just walking in the war room and saying, like,
1: "Why are you guys still talking about this? Just <laughs> get the Trey Lance kid."
0: Yeah, yeah. This is he's silly. Like he bursts through the doors, or he yeah, he like, yeah, he throws a football to break down the door and comes running out. Yeah, we take Lance. Two, yeah, it's,
1: it's so- the pick. That's the pick.
0: Oh, that's great visual. all right the Dallas Cowboys at 10 following the Denver Broncos um this is a really commonly predicted pick I have them taking Patrick Sertain cornerback out of Alabama um Cowboys have really struggled in recent years this past season was a disaster for them not only with that going down but and the offense after that but the uh the defense was just awful and they've needed a a to improve their secondary for several years now. And Patrick Sertain, I think, is great value um, as the best cornerback prospect in the draft. I mean, I have him and J.C. Horn super close. I might even take J.C. Horn. I don't know yet. I'm I'm totally – I have no issue with either one. Uh, But I do expect the Cowboys to draft Patrick Sertain if he's available here.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah. So everyone has Patrick Sertain going here. Um, you look at Dallas, their team needs, they need help on all three levels of their defense. Um, any any defensive player here is a, is a win for a, a Cowboys fan. Um, also, when I was looking at it, they could use some help on their offensive line. All those guys got injured last year, and they're coming back, I think, but those guys are getting older, and it's kind of crazy. Just like two or three years ago, I felt like that was one of the best lines in football, and it's just getting... It's getting decimated now, and it, and it, I don't know if you feel super comfortable if you're a Cowboys fan right now with that team,
0: with that part yeah, of your that team. Happened, that happened quick. I'm glad you said that, them going yeah. from having this, this incredibly dominant offensive line to that being a major need for them. And, I mean, I guess Rashawn Slater could be the play, but I just think they've watched their defense get shredded to a point where they know they need to address it. But you never know with Jerry. never know with Jerry. And also they they have Dan Quinn now, right, for
1: their defensive coordinator um so like a seattle guy um yeah. I, I, they've got that weird like uh it's a cover three and i think they've they need some help up front to make the that like zone coverage work so um it's yeah ridiculous. i could see them either either going for a corner to try to get a cornerstone of their that franchise and patrick soutain um patrick soutain definitely fits in that scheme as well too but um Yeah, I could see them getting some help up front if they can. Maybe, maybe they move back. I don't know. Jerry's unpredictable. He's talked about how he wants Kyle Pitts as well too. So who knows what's going to happen? to Those guys.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned Dan Quinn's scheme being so dependent on um, on, pressure. On pressure, this is not the draft where you want to be focusing on pressure in these first (laughs) top ten picks. This is this is a really poor draft in terms of interior defensive linemen and even uh, edge rushers all all across. So, I mean, I don't even have one defensive tackle going in the first round, which is crazy, and I'm sure you're going to call me out for that later, but um, that's just something I've predicted. All right, staying in the NFC East, the New York Giants. I have them staying pat at 11. David Gettleman. Dave Gettleman is – as I wrote all uh, my mock draft with my little description there, he is as stubborn as they come, but his job depends on Daniel Jones's success. He gets his quarterback and his own job, some security with the Heisman receiver. And that is Devonte Smith. Here is where I have him going. Um, lots of people who are in the know, people like Peter King, Albert Breer, I think Albert Breer, um, they're saying, you know, he's he's probably not going receiver here. He could go J.C. Horn. Um, or someone on the defensive side of the ball, uh, which I wouldn't necessarily hate, but I would just love Devontae Smith. Uh, They brought over Kenny Galladay in the offseason. You have Evan Ingram there still. Like That's a nice three-headed monster of three different types of receivers. You got Galladay downfield, you got Smith everywhere, and then you got Ingram uh, over the middle of the field. Also, he's super versatile as a pass catcher if he can stay on the field. So I just think, Devontae Smith would completely change their offense. And don't forget, Saquon's coming back off an injury. Like, all of a sudden, I'm like, shit, I kind of like like some of the pieces they have. So I have Devontae Smith going here, despite some insider's um, skepticism that Gettleman would be willing to go with an offensive player. Yeah, uh,
1: I don't know. I... I... We're we're gonna get the J.C. Horn soon too, and I, I I love I think we both love that guy. Um, he's everything that we want from a corner. Um, but Devonta Smith maybe he goes here. Um, I'd like to see them get an offensive lineman. Um, kind of similar to what I was saying about Cincinnati. It's if you want to protect your quarterback, I don't know if getting a wide receiver is your best bet when you have that mess up front, um, especially with Saquon coming back. There's a twofold advantage of getting an offensive lineman here, um, but yeah, it's it's not a bad pick. Devonta Smith, obviously, first Heisman wide receiver in a while, um, so yeah, I, I'm not a bad pick to grab a guy like that with the credentials that he has, how he lit up the SEC last year as well, too. Um, but yeah, I, I would go offensive lineman here.
0: You know, I'm glad you brought that up because I did consider it. I considered like Rashawn Slater, Rashawn or Slater. Um, but they drafted Andrew Thomas fourth overall last year, left tackle out of Georgia. So I just True. feel like they're not going to go back to back, back to back offensive linemen. I feel like they're going to mix it up, but we'll see. Uh, and you are right when you mentioned JC Horn, because at 12, I have staying in the NFC East for one more pick here. The Philadelphia Eagles selecting JC Horn, cornerback out of South Carolina. I already talked about him a little bit. I think he's a tremendous player. He's the son of uh, former Saints receiver Joe Horn. Um, he's the one who pulled the phone out of the pads at the Superdome, yeah. famously on Monday Night Football. Uh, but anyway, J.C. Horn is a hell of a player in his own right, and I think he would immediately fit a major fill a major need for the Philadelphia Eagles. They could – I know a lot of Eagles fans will be wanting a receiver, but I think with those top three off the board, as high in the draft as 12, when you can get the second, arguably, maybe the first best cornerback prospect, uh, you got to do it.
1: Yeah. Um, I love JC Horn, and he would be beloved in Philadelphia, I'm I'm guessing. Um, yeah. He, he he right, only sorry, a... sorry to cut you off. He totally...
0: Feels like a Philly player, eh? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. That When I saw your mock, I was just like, yeah, th- if this shakes out this way, I feel like the Philly fans might be upset a little bit not getting a wide receiver, um, a clear need on their team. <laughs> and uh, also, they're probably upset from last year when they missed out on Justin Jefferson. Uh, but still, uh, I would love to see JC Horn go there. They need some help in their secondary. Um, They need some help up front on their offensive line, too. I feel like I'm going to be saying that this entire time. Um, Sorry, fans, if you hear that, that your team needs an offensive lineman or a tackle. If you don't know more than three people on your offensive line, you probably need an offensive line. So, uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I love J.C. Horn. I I love his man-to-man. Uh, just gets in your face. He's not afraid to hit people, loves hitting people. Uh, It's tough to see from a corner sometimes, especially in the NFL. So when you got a guy with that mentality and he's built for this, like if you, anybody watched Joe Horn play, that's the guy that he's been modeling his game after (laughs) from a defensive standpoint. Like that's got, I I think he's a can't miss prospect in my eyes.
0: Yeah. I like him a lot as well. Yeah. Uh, And I'm glad, I'm glad you brought up their pick last year. They could have had Justin Jefferson. Guess who mocked Justin Jefferson. To the Eagles, yes. I did, and I had some Eagles people being like, "No, nah, Jalen Rieger's the real deal too. I like his speed." Well, so far, it's looking like yeah, Justin Jefferson. Yeah,
1: I'm with you on that. Even I'm, right. I, I, I'm ready right. to call that too. Like I, I think if you, if Justin <laughs> Jefferson, I don't know if Jalen Rieger's ever going to get to the year that Justin Jefferson had last year.
0: Yeah, crazy to say you'd be willing to call it after a rookie yeah. season, but Jefferson looked that good. That production's just unrivaled. Yeah. That's another one of our best bet guys who we love to hit on the overall. Love reception. that guy. Sorry, receiving yards. Uh, okay. At 13, I think this, this first 12 picks has played out beautifully for the Chargers, right into the, their hand of what they want. Rashawn Slater, the offensive tackle out of Northwestern, is there, and he's ready to be picked, and that's exactly what the Chargers do on my mock draft. I think – You got Panay Sewell at the top and Rashawn Slater right behind him. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah, one of the most respected, like former NFL scout for many years. And he's really taken over Mike Mayock's job as like that primary mock draft guy. He just lives and breathes NFL draft uh, along with Bucky Brooks there with the NFL network and NFL.com. He loves Rashawn Slater more than Panay Sewell. He has him as his top rated tackle. Ironically enough, actually, this is all just coming to me as I'm, babbling on here but he he does the uh radio broadcast for the chargers as well so i'm sure he I know I... Attic, yeah yeah um so yeah i mean that's about all i got to say about that that's where i have the chargers going rashawn slater they got to keep herbert safe with after the incredible season he he had uh, debut season in the nfl and uh, if he's there i think that's what they do
1: yeah uh, I'm I'm with you on it. Like this is a dream scenario for the Chargers fans. Um, if there's Char- are there Chargers fans in LA, or are they all still in San Diego? Um, anyways, like Rashawn Slater could be a, another one of those guys that you don't think about your left tackle for eight to ten years, just like Penny Sewell. I don't think he makes it this long. I think uh, somebody in the NFL and one of those teams in front of him is just gonna is gonna pick him up and say, okay, this is great, we got it. Um, but yeah, the the uh, the idea that you, you run into Justin Herbert and he uh, exceeded expectations last year from what you thought you'd get from a ten pick from a quarterback um, being thrown into the fire there as well too um, to pick up a Rashawn Slater to protect him for the next eight to ten years is just it's huge and it would be a dream scenario for anyone for that's a Chargers
0: fan for sure. So now that we're up to the 14th pick. We're going to try and move a little bit quicker here. We don't want to take it too long on each pick. Um, So I have the Vikings at 14, um, taking Elijah Aloe Vera Tucker. It's not actually (laughs) Aloe Vera, it's Vera Tucker, but that just is how I say it to myself. Um, He is an interior offensive lineman, but he's also capable of playing tackle. I think for Kirk Cousins' sake, for Dalvin Cook's sake, they need to bolster their offensive line and this is a a very versatile lineman out of usc with tons of talent uh who would come in and give them exactly what they need yeah and another
1: aggressive offensive lineman uh, when you watch the tape he's downfield wants to hit whoever he can so um love that from a offensive lineman and yeah that's a great pick for the vikings if they can grab him
0: and then uh at 15 this is where i have the lions having swap picks with the patriots picking uh, and I actually have them taking uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, the linebacker at Notre Dame. He's listed as a linebacker, but he's like shades of um... Isaiah Simmons. Thank you, Isaiah Simmons. Yeah. I, love, I love you, Bo. Bo knows. Yeah. As shades soon as my... I,
1: I as soon as I saw the tape on this guy, I was like, "Oh, this is Isaiah Simmons, but a little bit shorter and hits harder."
0: Yeah, he's exactly. That's all. That's all you got to know. So. Um... Yeah. I think the Lions that would make a lot of sense, that kind of versatility. They have so many holes. They got more holes than the Falcons. So yeah. um we'll see what what kind of if that. I hope I I hope that exact trade goes down. That'd be amazing.
1: That would be amazing. And like I hope a lot of like Lions fans, if they are able to find this podcast, I hope that you're happy with that trade going down. Cause I hope that means that you've gotten some draft capital out of the Patriots. Um going forward and even in this draft um to fill some of the holes that you guys have because there are a ton of them
0: that's right cardinals at 16 they could go any which way um t- tough to predict steve kine their gm and cliff kingsbury i feel like are especially hard you never know which way they're gonna go they could add to a, a position of strength take a receiver maybe um i have them taking Caleb Farley, the cornerback out of Virginia Tech, so he's a special talent, like potentially a top ten talent. Yeah. However, his he's really starting to get ripped on in this um, pre-draft process. He's had two back surgeries and opted out as well this past season. So limited experience, but incredible incredible uh, performance when he was playing for the Hokies. And, um, I just think someone's going to take a shot on this kid. And Arizona isn't afraid to take chances. And I think he would, you know, they lost Patrick Peterson. They got Buddha Baker yeah. back there as a safety. They need some help, uh, yeah. in terms of their secondary. And I think Farley would be a, a risky, but potentially a great reward pick.
1: Yeah. I, I love the swing here for, uh, uh, Caleb Farley, especially at this point in the draft. Um, if they can find an interior offensive lineman, obviously I think that's good for them too. Um, I think they could use a running back as well too, but obviously pick 16s a little bit early for that. Maybe they trade back and try to address that. Um, I like what you said about the receiver as well too. They picked up AJ Green in the offseason, but obviously he's a little bit older. I think we've talked about it before, but I'm, I'm curious to see how much he has left in the tank. Um, but yeah, if they can... Maybe bolster that receiving core with uh, DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Green. That, that would be great to see, too, if they could get a receiver there. But Caleb Farley, from everything that we've seen um, on tape, he would be great in the NFL. But, yeah, the injuries are a concern for sure. And you've got two back surgeries before you
0: play a game in the NFL. Um, that's going to be really tough. For sure. Uh, 17, we have the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh shit. Earlier I said something about all five quarterbacks being off the board. That's not correct. I meant four (laughs) of the top five. Uh, here I actually have, we haven't even mentioned this, but I have Trey Lance sliding all the way down to 17. I want to go on record. Like I, I think if he starts slipping anywhere close to this, someone's going to go up and get him. I just wasn't about to, uh, predict a second trade and, and, you know with that happening so i have them sliding down here to the raiders i know mayock's been doing and gruden love quarterback who loves quarterbacks they've been doing their homework on the quarterback class most likely if they actually wanted to have a real realistic chance at trey lance they would probably have to move up um but mayock is super unpredictable i i just want to say so you never know what what he's going to do uh but here i have them taking trey lance and uh as Derek Carr's next replacement, and we give him a, it would give him a player to, to learn from as well with Derek Carr being there. They wouldn't need to throw Trey Lance right into the fire. Uh, but then again, last thought on this, the Raiders have some pressure to perform, and I think they're probably going to want a guy who can perform right away. So as you can tell by how I'm describing this, it is like my least confident pick, but I figured I would throw a dart out there that's a little bit different than everyone else.
1: Yeah, no, and it, it it's definitely different from everyone else. If he's there, that would be pretty un- f- profound. I don't see him getting that, sliding that far either from everything that we've heard from these analysts. Um, but yeah, uh, if I was at five as the Raiders, uh, I know it's going to be a shock to everybody listening to the podcast so far. I would go up there and get an offensive lineman. Um, mm-hmm. They lost a bunch of people on the right side of their line, and they need to address that. They got a wide receiver problem as well too out there, maybe a defensive back. Interior D line as well. Their their defense in general is kind of a mess. So yeah, um, Trey Lance is an interesting pick here. I don't see that happening, but yeah, they've got a bunch of holes that they could uh, that they could address here with this pick
0: for sure. Um, okay, Dolphins second first round pick eighteen. Uh, I have them taking Jalen Phillips, uh, edge rusher out of Miami. I could see them going with Najee Harris here, a running back, because I think that's definitely in need of theirs. But yeah. I also, I also think that they want to generate some pressure on the on the quarterback to set up their secondary. They got a, some a really talented back end of their defense, and I think they want to set those guys up to be even more effective. And I think taking a guy like Jalen Jalen Phillips, I think this is a great spot to land him. Um, he's very talented, and uh, yeah. I think uh, it'd be a little too much for Chris Greer, their GM, to pass on. So I think they take Jalen Phillips here.
1: Yeah, and then stay-at-home guy um, from Miami. The uh, thing about Jalen Phillips, and, it, and it, I like this pick a lot too, um, especially – I feel like this is something that Baltimore is really, like, really well-known for doing, and I think the Steelers as well too, is when they have a good defense, they, they draft good defensive players still. Um, so, yeah, Jalen Phillips jumps off the uh, – jumps off the tape for that. He's got great hands. He just gets rid of offensive linemen so quickly. Um, But yeah, I I, I don't know. That's another one where another pick here that there's some injury concerns as well. And I know that he was healthy at Miami, um, but he retired from football. He was one of the number one prospects coming out of high school when I was reading about him. And he retired from football due to concussions. And he's got some injury concerns that are going to probably follow him him in the draft. Um, I think a lot of people are, maybe thinking he might even slip into day two or day three um depending on how those physicals uh shake out so yeah that's an interesting one also wide receiver i could see maybe an elijah moore going here as well too um
0: just to add to that core as well but don't forget i got jalen waddle going in with their first pick so i can't imagine if that wouldn't happen sure um but yeah crazy story about Jalen phillips with the concussions um, yeah, so we will see. I don't think there's any chance in hell. He's a day three pick. I think he's too much talent and I expect yeah. him to go in the first round, but maybe it's a second. Maybe he slips like that is certainly some concerning medical history. Totally. Uh, Washington football team at 21. Um, they've got an obvious need at the quarterback position. But I think there is no value here unless they were able to move up and nab one of those top five guys i have them taking christian saw the offensive tackle out of virginia tech um, always important to address the trenches that's a need of theirs and uh, the athletic uh, left tackle out of virginia tech would suffice for them
1: yeah and uh, that's a that's a great pick for them i think if you're a washington fan this is a this is an ideal pick. If you can, if you can grab a guy like Christian Derisaw, uh obviously a guy who is highly touted, maybe not the same level as a Penny Sewell or a, uh, or a Sean uh, Slater, but there is a little bit of a gap there and he's, he's in that next class, that next tier of uh, offensive tackles out there. Um, so yeah, picking him up here and it's curious Washington. I think they picked up Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzpatrick um, to address their quarterback needs uh, this soft season. But they're there doesn't sound like they're aggressive about moving up and I don't, I don't even know if they've been going to the uh pro days for Trey Lance or even a Justin Fields. So it seems like uh riverboat Ron is fine with moving forward with Ryan Fitzpatrick and seeing what he got, what he has there and addressing that maybe uh, next year's draft.
0: Yeah. Good point. I, there's been no chatter about them being active whatsoever. So you got to think they're just content staying where they are and that they don't want to, uh, sacrifice any draft capital to have a shot at a quarterback especially after San Fran set the market how they did to move up. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, Okay. A little mini tackle run here. Uh, I have the bears taking Tevin Jenkins poor Chicago bears, man. Like they bring over their QB one, Andy Dalton and (laughs) uh, not, and they're still drafting at 22 you, yeah, I feel like the bears should be in the top 4 for fuck's sakes.
1: I know. It's well they they started out the year so hot in despite of what they were getting out of their quarterback. So okay. I, I know but we we talk about Chris all the time and just how sad it must be for him, uh, our friend, our mutual friend Chris who uh one of the best guys. He is a, a tortured bears fan and it's just really tough moving forward because yeah you've got Andy Dalton and they they were very aggressive about letting everyone know that they got Andy Dalton or are going to keep him so
0: yeah I don't know yeah I wouldn't nef- have probably have no sympathy for Bears fans if it wasn't for our friend Chris because I've, <laughs> I've, I've just poured fuel on the fire just by sending him every breaking piece of information and he thought they were going to get Deshaun Sean Watson and then within a day I was sending him a picture of the Bucks <laughs> for the Bears verified account saying QB1 with a picture of Andy Dalton so, like why why even do
1: Because like at yeah. least there was the talk of not only Deshaun Watson, but Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, for some reason, has Chicago on his list of preferred teams. And for some reason, the Bears still put out the QB one. They don't even want to be involved in a trade for a good quarterback or in <laughs> the rumors for a trade of a good quarterback. Uh, that's their biggest need. They need a quarterback so badly. Yeah. They could use a wide receiver as well. Offensive line needs some help. Um, yes. Also, a DB maybe their secondary could use a little bit of help too, just to shore up Kyle Fuller leaving. Uh, I think he's off to Denver, right? So, yeah. Um, I'm sorry, Bears fan. This is, it's not going to be a fun night for you on Thursday.
0: Yeah. The Only person who has it worse than Bears fans is Allen Robinson. Franchise, <laughs> yeah. Franchise tags. It's so rough. Not and they're you. like, yeah, right now, baby.
1: <laughs> you're not going anywhere. We're not helping you at all.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay, 23 Indianapolis Colts. This franchise is in an interesting position with Frank Reich uh, bringing over – Chris Ballard, pardon me, and Frank Reich bringing over uh, Carson Wentz, which is just unbelievable. I know everyone's saying that they're going to rejuvenate his career. I I just think Carson Wentz is is shit as far as starting (laughs) – caliber quarterbacks go in the NFL and I think he's a turnover machine and with the Eagles playing so many primetime games I've just seen way too much of Carson Wentz. Um but anyway I'm not gonna Wait. get yeah no I'm, I'm with
1: you totally like way too many Sunday nighters with the uh, Carson Wentz and talking about a guy that you do not want to bet on I've never been more frustrated than watching a Carson Wentz quarterbacks football team just turnover after turnover at the biggest spots in the game. And it's so I like I'm a players guy. I don't want to disparage the players on this podcast, but man, yeah, Carson Wentz is just a tough tough scene, man. Um and it's really rough for the Colts fans cuz they brought him in as, "Hey, this is our win-now move." So yeah. I don't know. We'll see
0: what happens with them. Uh what, what was the pick here? I haven't said it yet. It was it was Quitty Pay. Edge rusher out of Michigan. I think this is great value to get him at 23. I already mentioned yeah. that it's an underwhelming uh, defensive line class. If you were to group together the tackles and, um, and the edge players, but I think there's still some good players, particularly at the edge rusher position. And uh, Quiddy Pay is like an athletic freak, and he's productive and super athletic. He has a great motor, um, and I think that's a really good pick for them. Yeah, bolster that,
1: bolster that defense. We love that defense. We want to bet on the Colts defense, but yeah, add quitty Pay to that. It's going to be tough to reason a, a Colts bet with Carson Wentz behind center, but um, yeah, at twenty-one. You got to get Quiddie Pay. This is a really nice pick for
0: them. Yeah, twenty-four. The Titans. This is one that I switched. Um, I was initially thinking they might focus DB, and uh, I actually had them taking Trayvon. Morig out of uh, TCU. However, I, I called up a, a very reliable source who's a big Titans guy and he knows everything there is to know about the Tennessee Titans. And he really convinced me that receiver is where they're going to go. So I have to credit Mike Hart for inspiring me to choose a receiver to give to the Titans here. Um, and I have them uh, going back to the well of Ole Miss and taking Elijah Moore a player I've profiled in depth on BucksBanter.ca and my potential targets for the Buccaneers. In this case, he is not available for Tampa at the end of the first round. Hype's been growing on this kid and rightfully so. Um, second most productive wide receiver in college football. He averaged more yards per game. He averaged just about 150 more than uh, Devonte Smith speed, incredible hands. And uh, yeah, he'd be reunited with his former teammate, AJ Brown. So uh, yeah, I think that's a good pick for them.
1: Yeah. Uh, if you're going to go wide receiver, uh, Elijah Moore, outside of those top three, he's he's a consensus number four wide receiver, and uh, he has the potential to be one of the best wide receivers in this class for sure. Um, I love it. Ole Miss, the only other thing I was going to add was Ole Miss kind of turning into wide receiver you with uh, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, and Elijah Moore now.
0: Seriously, yeah, it's crazy, eh? Yeah. Um, okay, so New York Jets back on the clock at 25. I think this is – I mean, I don't want to harp and just say that redundant bullshit spiel about running back, taking a running back in the first round. Everyone knows that. Everyone understands the criticisms that exist when it goes towards teams who are or are not willing to draft a running back in the first round. Last year we only had one with the last pick. I think the first running back comes off the board here at 25 to the Jets. I don't think Najee Harris will be available for the Steelers with the next pick, which is commonly mocked. I think the jets scoop up Najee Harris, pair him with their fancy new quarterback, Zach Wilson. And they got a, uh, they have an incredible complete three down back to add to their team. Currently as it stands, their running back is Frank Gore. So I just think, I think this is a really nice pick, uh, to take Najee Harris here. I'm not afraid of taking a running back. And if I'm going to take one, um, it doesn't get much safer than him. He's he's pretty much tailor-made to be an NFL running back. And um, the only other important thing to note is just his improvement in uh, his receiving skills this past year and showing some real big playability that I think a lot of evaluators maybe didn't wouldn't have thought he had if they were just going off of his junior tape from 2019, even though he was still incredible. So I yeah. think he helped his case returning to school. And uh, I think it's a good pick for the Jets at 25 if they get Najee Harris.
1: Yeah, it's a, 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 this is the shiny new uh, press conference that every owner or GM envisions when they sign up for the job. Uh, you get to... Roll out Zach Wilson and Najee Harris to the New York media and say, "Hey, we got the two skilled players and the two high-profile guys that you guys have been waiting to see." So, yeah, it's a it's a good pick for the Jets. I I, I agree with you. Najee Harris is going to be a beast. We love Alabama running backs, so it could be a nice pick for them for sure.
0: And next up is the Steelers at twenty-six, uh, and I think Steelers fans would be upset to see Najee Harris gone. Uh, I don't think they're going to force a running back pick here. There's a chance they go with Javante Williams out of UNC. I just can't see like a guy like Travis Etienne being their style of running back. I don't think that's a Pittsburgh Steeler type of player. Um, Najee Harris is, but he's gone. So I have them taking uh, Zaven Collins, a linebacker out of Tulsa only inside linebacker. I have going in the first round. Uh, the kid from Kentucky, I think is going to slip to day two, um, at least according to this mock. Uh, he's a really impressive combination of like size, athleticism, instincts, all that good stuff. Uh, he's a relentless pursuit of the ball and uh, really a perfect fit for the Steelers who love them. Some good linebackers.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I, I like it too. That we just, I, I think I brought it up earlier Steelers and the Ravens when they have a good defense, they try to draft more good defensive players. If I was a Steelers, I'm looking at the offensive line here. Uh, they're old and they've got holes. They've got Maurice, Pansy Pouncey just retired as well too. Um, I would try to add offensive lineman just to bolster that running game because I don't think you can. I don't think a new running back is going to uh, solve their problems at back there. Um, but yeah, if you you can't go wrong with grabbing a, a defense, a defensive player for that defense. So um, yeah, it's it's a it's a good pick. But I I would go. I would lean offensive line there at
0: the twenty four. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I love how how you've become the O line guy. This podcast, that's great. I, I yeah, I, was, I saw your I saw your draft
1: your uh, mock, and I was like, okay, there's a corner I can just take. So,
0: <laughs> and for anyone who's just listening to the podcast and not watching us on YouTube, Bodine is looks like an o lineman. Like that's <laughs> okay. I look like Jamar Chase. We've agreed with that. We we've uh, we've come to that uh,
1: body composition.
0: There we go. yeah. Uh, Jags back on the clock, their second pick in the first round. One of the teams blessed with two. Uh, I have them. They could go a ton of different spots here. I think I think a receiver would be a super realistic possibility. I have them uh, taking the best safety in the draft. I think it's pretty unanimous that yeah, right. uh, that is Trevon Morig. Morig, I don't know how exactly to pronounce his name. I've been going Morig, yeah. Yeah, out of TCU. I mean, he's a stud. He's huge for a safety. He's strong, su- yeah. super aggressive. Like he's angry back there, yeah. you know, Camp Chancellor esque. Uh, great ball skills for a safety. I think it'd be a great pick pairing him and Trevor Lawrence. I mean, that's a nice, nice haul uh, within the first round.
1: Yeah, I, I like this pick. Uh, obviously, the Jaguars have a bunch of holes on that side of the ball as well, too. So, grabbing a Trevon Morrig. Great pick um, to pair with uh, Trevor Lawrence going earlier on, too. So you got two Trevs. I'm sure the, that'll make it easy for everybody in Duval. So yeah, I, I like, I love that pick, 25, uh, and a guy from TCU who is, yeah, consensus number one safety in the draft.
0: And that's the best way to put it. Only safety I have going in the first round. Yeah. Um, next up is the Cleveland Browns. And uh, that, Cleveland's got a fun roster, man. They've built up, uh, a cool team with talent all over the place. They've got a so, good
1: roster, like top yeah. to bottom.
0: They've got a really good roster. Yeah. Sneaky pick. For sure. And I have them taking Aziz Ojolari, the uh, edge rusher out of Georgia. As a Bucks fan, I am just like praying for this guy to somehow slip to 32. Yeah. Um, I would love that with every ounce of my being. Uh, with yeah. that being said, I don't expect it. I mean, he's one of those guys who's tough to nail down where he might go. He could go way earlier. He could be the first or second defensive end uh, drafted, for all I know. But he's just an absolute physical freak. He was, he rose to the challenge in the SEC, um, just an animal. And I can't imagine how terrifying it would be for opposing quarterbacks to have to go up with Ojolari on one side and Miles Garrett on the other. I mean, that's just that's just dirty. And- and Jadavian Clowney as well, coming in and out, spelling yeah. those guys. No kidding. Yeah, that's, so, that's,
1: uh, I love that pick. Uh, if if that shakes out that way, like we said, the Browns don't really have holes in their offense. I think they could pick up maybe a, another pass catcher, um, but they don't really need that on day one. If they want to just bolster a strength that they already have, getting to the quarterback, you're going to win a lot of games with uh, a guy like Ogilary on your team.
0: And, like, his potential, just before I move on quickly, not only is he productive and I think going to be effective in the NFL immediately, but he's one of those guys who also has an astronomical ceiling. So yeah, um, he would just be be a steal at this point. I'm glad we see eye to eye on that.
1: When I'm looking at my notes, the only thing I have on Audre Larry is out of nowhere because when I was watching him, he literally would just – it looked like he was behind the offensive line and he's just – all of a sudden, he's in front of the quarterback. It's unbelievable.
0: Yeah. So the Ravens, I think the Ravens, my opinion is the two positions they may want to address. Uh, sorry, I should say three positions, um, and and you can correct me because I know you've been all over the team needs and doing a good job with that. Yeah, uh, I think I think a defensive end or, or edge rusher. I think wide receiver, and I think offensive tackle or offensive lineman. Having just uh, traded away Orlando Brown, I was gonna. I would add. Say, did you say defensive back? No, I
1: didn't. I, I was going to say maybe a safety um, right. when I was looking at their roster, It's like, oh, they could use maybe a little bit of help on their defensive defensive uh, secondary. But, yeah, I'm right with you with uh, wide receiver, offensive line, and uh, edge.
0: And, and, I mean, they're not going to find a safety who's worth taking with this pick, so that's the only reason I kind of, I think, neglected the secondary. I guess there's corners they could take, but. Yeah. Um, Trevin,
1: if Trevin Murg ends up sliding to them, that would be a dream pick for them there too.
0: Right. Yeah, that would Sorry, so, get to the pick. Uh, okay, so I got Jason Oa. No way Owe, uh the edge rusher out of Penn State. Uh, he is an athletic freak. I talked about him in the uh, my potential first round picks episode I did for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, focused all about the Bucs. If you haven't heard that one, check it out. Uh, but I talk about Oa, um, an absolute specimen. I know we've been throwing that term around, or at least I have quite a bit tonight, but. It's what happens when it's draft season, baby? And uh, he is definitely fits that criteria, absolute freak of nature. He ran a sub four four yeah, as a defensive that's line that's edge. I mean, that's just that's boggles my mind. One of the craziest things. Uh, almost a 40 inch vert. So, you know, the physical profile is there, but uh, the production leaves something to be desired. Uh, he didn't even have a sack in his this past season for Penn State, yeah. so. Anyway, the Ravens know they can coach guys up, especially on that side of the ball, and um, I think he could potentially be the pick here. I, I also toyed with them taking a receiver here because I think it would be a great spot to do that, but I, I haven't taken uh, away. Yeah, um, this pick. Um,
1: every other franchise, if you made this pick, I, for me, I would, I don't, I would stay away from Jason Owe. Um and I would just, I, the way that he is an absolute freak, it's undeniable how fast this guy is and how strong he is and how much of a, like when you look at him, you're just like, oh, that guy's going to get to the quarterback, but he did not Like he just does not have the production uh, in his stats. Um, the Great. only reason that I'm okay with it is because it's Baltimore. Um, if it was, if it's Baltimore or if it's the Steelers, I'm like, oh, okay. They, they, they see something they can coach up in that guy and they're going to take him, And that's a good pick. But like, say if I don't know, like if Jacksonville took Jason away at twenty three or something like that, I'd just be like, "What is going? Like, you guys are there's no way that's going to work out." Um, but yeah, if Baltimore takes that guy, everybody should just say, "Okay, yeah, that's like the Spurs taking a European guy. Oh, he's going to be really good. I- We're good."
0: I could you just you just crushed that, Bo. I could not agree more with everything you just said. Uh, he is raw, like like Salmonella raw. Like
1: like he looks raw. like he looks like you could block like he looks like one of us could block him. Like he is pretty upright on everything that you see. Um yeah. he needs to get lower coming around that corner because it looks you could just one one tap on the shoulder and he's gonna fall over and get push him out of a push him out of a, push him out of the play. But yeah, uh it's gonna be interesting to see how he plays in the next level if he's able to have be more productive than he was in college
0: football. But yeah, we'll see. Um, next up, the New Orleans Saints, the the team that was sent packing by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I think they're going to go. They lost Emmanuel Sanders. I I don't think Sean Payton can resist taking a receiver um, to give you know whether it's Jameis Winston or whoever's whoever's starting at quarterback for them. Um, I think Kadarius Toney, and I feel like he's one of my guys. Like, he's a guy who I've really been yeah. positive on and, and talking a lot about over at Bucks Banter. Um, but I think he would be filthy in Sean Payton's offense. He's just an incredible receiver. He's super talented. There's some concerns. I think he has a some minor knee issues, nothing I'm, I'm worried about. But there's, like, some people suggest there may be character concerns. I mean, I yeah. think that's just, like, racist old white guys because he like considers himself yeah. a rapper you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. That, that's my take on that I don't I don't think there's anything to be worried about but yeah um anyway that's the pick for me
1: yeah that's no, a good pick um yeah if they if Kadarius Tony gets to goes to the Saints that'd be a great pick they need a receiver um obviously filling that hole with Emmanuel Sanders getting that secondary option from uh Mike Th- Mike Thomas as well too um so yeah um yeah yeah, I I, uh, I I would hope they get a receiver. They could use some help on the offensive line, too, from my notes. Maybe a cornerback, maybe a linebacker to bolster that defense um, where they've won a lot of games last year because of that defense. Um, they also need a quarterback, but they're not going to be able to get that at 28. So, And it doesn't look yeah. like they're going to be aggressive enough to to move up from 28. To, they just don't have the resource to move up from 28. But, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think Sean Payton is like an offensive genius, but it's so, it's kind of hilarious. Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston are his quarterbacks. Like, that's such a random collection of quarterbacks. So, hey, hey, as an NFC South guy, your nightmare scenario
1: was that you just see Justin Fields sliding and sliding and sliding, and we get to pick 27, and he's not taken, and he's on the board for. I'll stop.
0: I'll stop. That was. I'm not. I'm not answering that. That would be the war. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Next up, uh, the Packers. Um. Sorry, I just lost my spot here. Uh. Next up, we have the Packers with the 29th pick, and I think this would be an awesome selection for them. Is Greg Newsom the second cornerback out of Northwestern? Another guy I detailed in depth um, in an article at Bucks Um, he's, like, a really well-rounded player. He's an all-around corner, uh, yeah. really tough to poke any holes in his game, and I think he has the potential to be a really effective player in the NFL, like, like shut down corner, like, rock solid. Like, what Xavier Rhodes looked like he was going to be earlier in his career. Yeah, I think he could, he could be that kind of player. And after seeing what Scotty Miller and the Buccaneers just embedded embarrassing Kevin King opposite Jair Alexander um, at, at their weak side cornerback position. I think that's just all over LaFleur's mind. And I think they need to get Kevin King out of there, even though they just brought him back on a one-year deal. And I think Greg Newsom could come in right away and form a formidable um, collection of cornerbacks there for, for the Packers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you there. Uh, they, they need some help uh, at corner. Uh, they can use some help at linebacker as well too. I I like the idea of maybe they uh are in a position to get Aaron Rodgers a toy after uh after the Jordan Love pick last year, maybe getting a wide receiver there if they can if there's one that's available.
0: Yeah, and there definitely is. So yeah. I think that would make a lot of sense as well. I just this is one of the scenarios where I'm just going to agree with history and assume they're going to bypass any skill position players and just after Aaron <laughs> Rodgers and Devontae Adams to just keep doing what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, at 30, the Buffalo Bills ha- take Travis Etienne, running back, out of Clemson. He is my personal favorite running back in the draft. Um, explosive athlete. ACC's all-time leading rusher. Uh, he can break it open at any time. He is fun to watch. I love Etienne. And I think he would give the Bills, even though they have two solid backs in Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, I think he would give them a completely different element. Um, he's also a tremendous receiver. Like I see, like having him having the potential in the right system to be like an Alvin Kamara type of player in the NFL. I recognize that's absurdly high praise. I just see a special talent. So maybe I'll be eating my words in a year or two but uh that's that's where i stand that's my hail and i'm standing standing on it I, I love this pick especially going
1: to the bills who another roster that doesn't have a ton of holes obviously they're picking at 30 so you would expect them not to have very many holes but yeah travis at the end uh i'm like i'm glad you brought up alvin Kamara because we both loved him coming out of tennessee and when You brought him up when I was watching at the Travis Etienne uh, tape as well, too. I was like, oh, this guy kind of reminds me of Alvin Kamara. And I don't know why. Maybe it's the game speed. I think what you're on to something. I think I heard you in the last podcast talking about his game speed faster than whatever he ran at his pro day um, or his combine measurements. Um, And I got to agree with that. When you're watching him, he is a threat. If you're on the other team, you're just like, okay, we got to keep an eye on that guy and try to contain him. Yeah
0: he looks like the fastest guy on the planet when he has that football in his hands. He's
1: uh, the, the, having the football makes him faster. That, that's yeah. the best way to put it.
0: So uh, anyway, I, yeah, I'm glad you liked that one. Um, yeah. And now here is where I have the Ravens at 31 second, last pick. This was acquired from the deal where they sent Orlando Brown to the chiefs. Chiefs were happy to give up their pick at the end of the first round to get a well-established left tackle. Obviously, they had issues there, as all, all Bucks fans are well aware of, uh, thanks to JPP, um, Shaq Barrett, and Todd Bowles, and everyone else who the guys on the inside, Vita Veya, yada, 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 um, but uh, who, who just made them look like an embarrassment. So they had to address that. They gave up the 31st pick to do so, along with some other uh, draft sprinklings. I have the Ravens taking Rashad Bateman, addressing the receiver position. Um, I think he is a really good receiver, and he seems to be one of those guys who's kind of contentious, meaning there are certain, certain experts and media personalities who, who ha- or evaluators who have him really high up amongst those receivers, and there's some who do not. Uh, so I've just kind of decided to slate him into the middle of the pack here. Um, I think he's pretty good, but I haven't watched a ton of Rashad Bateman enough to take a strong stance either way. Um, but Hollywood Brown, their, their best receiver currently in Baltimore, he's so small. And yeah. I think Bateman would be kind of nice opposite him uh, as opposed to like, I don't know, a smaller receiver, like a Rondale more out of Purdue or something like that. Um, the other option here would be Terrace Marshall, Marshall Jr. Him and Rashad Bateman are, are very similar in some ways. And, this could easily be him, and Bateman slips out of the first. I have Terrace Marshall Jr. slipping out of the first round. That wasn't easy to do, but that's what how it kind of unfolded for me as I was putting this together.
1: Yeah, either of those guys would be a great pick for the Ravens. I, I like Rashad Bateman a lot from what we've seen. Uh, on tape or from the just the YouTube highlights that we're able to pull up. Um, But the size and uh, the separation that that I've seen on film, at at least uh, looks like he could be a a really good target for Lamar going forward. So, yeah, I think the Ravens got to address their wide receiver uh, issues. Um, I would like to see them do it at 27, but 31 doesn't matter. Um, As long as they get someone in one of those two picks that they can, that Lamar can put the ball to.
0: Yeah, you got you got to they have to find guys for him to throw to, so that can't be an excuse for them having yeah. him having moments of inept passing, you know what I mean? Totally. Like, get rid of the excuses. Let's see can he throw or not. And obviously he's a, such an incredible athlete, he's still been successful, Lamar Jackson, but they need a guy. They need another receiver in there. Totally. Okay, and if you've stuck with us this long, over an hour to get to the 32nd pick, <laughs> in uh, the unveiling of my my bucks banter mock draft it is time for the tampa bay buccaneers selection Um, i'm expecting mixed reviews on this Uh, i have them selecting landon dickerson the uh center slash guard out of alabama um i think dickerson is i want to be clear about why i'm making this selection like uh, uh, some other guys you could consider uh like Asante Samuel at corner, Joe Tryon, the edge from Washington is still available. Uh, Jamon Davis, the linebacker out of Kentucky. Um, those are a couple guys I think uh, other Bucks fans and, and people might be hoping for here. I have them shoring up, just adding depth to that O-line. I talked about last podcast how, how refreshing it was for the Buccaneers to have such a great offensive line. Unfortunately, financially, it's not going to be possible to keep them all together if they are to say, resign Alex Kappa um, after this next season, who's done a great job at right guard for us. And I think, and then the same goes for, for Ryan Jensen, our center, who every Bucks fan loves Mean SOB. And he's awesome. Like all pro caliber season. He just put together Dickerson could slide into either one of those slots moving forward. So after this next season, um, and you can't have enough o linemen, They go down all the time. So I think he, he serves as insurance for this season, um, but it would give him time to get healthy and then immediately by, by his second season in the NFL take over one of those spots inside the interior offensive line. I would prefer it to be at guard, even though that's not necessarily Dickerson's forte, because I'm hoping the Bucks are able to keep Ryan Jensen around. Um, and he seems like a Jason Light type of guy. Like, he's kind of that angry guy, vocal leader, loves football, hard-nosed player, you know, lives and breathes the game. So that's my rationale for having the Buccaneers select Landon Dickerson when he's still on the board with the last pick in the first round of the draft.
1: Yeah, um, and Landon Dickerson, great story. Uh, obviously, is like, the heart and soul of that Alabama team uh, up front and was, like, texted – he went down with some injuries, which – a lot of the reason why he would still be available at the end of the draft, end of the first day here, um, yeah, it, it's tough. I I, I like Landon Diggerson, but I think there's too many injury concerns to have him go on in the first day. Um, it, it, like you said, there, like you said in the last podcast, the Bucks are in a unique position where they're bringing back all 22 starters coming off a of Super Bowl. Um, that doesn't really happen in the NFL. Um, so it's, it's, it's a great pick. If I was Jason light, I would want to uh, shore up the offensive line depth for sure too. Cause yeah, offensive line to go down all the time. And I've been capping for them <laughs> this entire mock draft. So yeah, I would, I would probably go for, uh, uh, Landon Dickinson might not be my pick. I was looking at maybe a Creed Humphrey along the same lines, uh, a guy out of Oklahoma who's, who's played with some big time quarterbacks in Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, um, he's 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 right there. He's he's willing to 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 uh, to join this Bucks offensive line group. And yeah, you could slot him into that center or guard position at any time uh, that you need to, and uh, be able to save some money on the cap there. Um, another guy, if you were going to look at a tackle, that might be able to move into a guard position as well too. Uh, Liam Eichenberger out of Notre Dame, uh, Eichenberg, I should say, uh, coming out of Notre Dame. Uh, And another guy jumps off the tape as well, too. Um, Just really like the way that he plays the game. And then also we're at the end of the smock draft defensive lineman from Alabama, Christian Barmore. That's a guy that I've I've really liked uh, everything that I've seen from. I think he's improved his draft status. Um, I actually think he won't even be available at 32. I think he goes a little bit earlier in the draft as well, too. If he's we see some tackles taken in this draft. Um and one other guy who I know I'm going to absolutely butcher his name out of Washington, defensive tackle, Levi Onwuzirike. Uh, Levi, let's just call him, out of Washington. Onwuzarike? On, on on Onwuzarike? Yeah, sure. Either way, okay. he's a football player, and he's really good at playing defensive lines. So um, put him in the inside of that line. Uh, spell Viva via every once in a while. He's he's another guy you can add some depth in the trenches. And I think you're in the perfect spot there. to. I like where your head's at for uh, Tampa here to just add depth in the trenches.
0: Yeah, and, and I think ideally in a perfect world, it would be on the other side and it would be uh, interior defensive linemen. And I think they probably have guys, but I just in mind, I mean, who, who they might, who they'll draft, but I just, I don't know. Uh, on Wuzurike has been... Discussed mightily in the uh, Bucks fan and media analysts um, community. Um, and he could totally be the pick. I'm glad you brought his name up. Barmore also has been mocked to the Bucks by a number of people. Um, but I, for whatever reason, just as it was kind of playing out for me, I just, I ended up totally neglecting the position of defensive tackle. And I didn't really have an issue with it. You know, like I, just the lack of talent, amongst that group i just could see them all getting pushed down like i i would have trouble if it were up to me at this point i would probably want to take asante samuel jr out of florida state and just throw the depth in the corner position i think he's a first round talent he's just a tiny bit undersized um but we will see and i am looking forward to seeing what happens it's kind of cool the bucks are sitting at the back and just getting to watch everything unfold in front of them they're in a really great spot as we've talked about ad nauseum and uh it's gonna be real fun it's gonna be real fun so uh yeah, yeah. I mean, sorry
1: to jump in there but like if if it comes to this like if it plays out the way that we've seen i wouldn't be surprised to see the bucks uh trade and trade back and and add some capital into day two and day three um, with this many like really good players still on the board. Um, obviously, we know that there's a lot of projects or across the defensive line when you look at college football right now um, that I think a lot of those guys are going to slip into. And then you can take a few swings on day two or day three at these guys who are slipping past
0: what we think that their value is. So, yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see what the Bucks do, that's for sure. And I wouldn't have any complaints with them moving back, depending who's on the board uh, and then the only, only other guy I mentioned earlier, but not specifically in consideration at, at this pick is Terrace Marshall, jr. Uh, yeah. Receiver at LSU. I think he is another option um, that Jason light might consider here, but anyway, uh, we went a little bit over time for sure, but I don't care. Cause it's, there's nothing better than talking NFL draft. And I could not be happier that uh, you were willing to join us, Bo. And uh, we'd, I'd, I would love to have you back on the pod and I plan on it if you are willing. Yeah, I would love to, man. That's been an honor. I, I,
1: I love it. This is supposed to, this is like, this is the stuff I know that keeps you up at night. Uh, NFL draft and any type of draft really. So yeah, I, this is supposed to be the longest podcast you have. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Everybody's excited about what's going to happen on Thursday. So yeah, this, we just got you closer to Thursday night. You're welcome. There you go. Listening.
0: There you go. So, um, if you want to, to actually see these picks written down, head over to Bucks Banter at Bucks Banter on Twitter, where I have posted it. It's also up on the website, BucksBanter.ca. Uh, you can catch us. This will be posted on our YouTube channel, uh, as well as it'll be live on Spotify uh, within probably 30 minutes to an hour. So thanks for listening. Hope to catch you soon. And until next time, go Bucks.